You're listening to BSing with Sean K on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am your host, Sean Neese. The K is silent. And on this show, I talk to a wide variety of people from all walks of life who are pursuing their creative and intellectual passions. And I have long form interviews with them and really try to bring them out and have them tell their stories. And I've had a lot of guests in the arts and entertainments, actors, musicians, comedians, and sometimes activists too, or sometimes people that have perspectives on current events or social issues. But today's episode is something a little different, but it's a very interesting conversation I had with my friend Jelani Williams, who, when I was doing this improv team earlier this year, earlier last year I started, I did it for almost a year, but I decided I didn't, once Corona happened, uh, I decided that I didn't want to commit to that as a weekly thing, like when this ends, and I wanted to focus more on this radio show and acting, and... I just decided that, you know, I wanted to do improv still, but not commit to a weekly team. But he he was on an improv team I was on that performed every Sunday night at the Triple Crown Theater called Folks About the Town. And But his main passion is martial arts. He's a black belt in karate. Karate! 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 Whenever I hear the word karate, I always think of that scene from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. That was John Hamm's character, and he plays the Reverend, who's kind of like the bad guy on that show. I don't want to give too much more away if you haven't seen it. But I actually worked on the first season of that show and on season four of that show. I was seen in season four. It was a fun experience. I did background work on that show. That's back when I used to do a lot of background work on films and television shows and since I caught up on that show that was actually one of the shows I caught up I caught up on a lot of shows over quarantine uh, and watched a lot of classics I hadn't watched yet like The Wire I finally saw all of The Wire and it was amazing I think that might be my favorite show and I also am catching up on Mad Men now because I saw John Hamm act in Black Mirror, and I saw him act, do his comedic acting in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and I know he was also in 30 Rock as well, so I wanted to see, like, the role that made him famous, even though I wasn't initially interested in the show Mad Men, I know it's one of, considered one of the greats, and I'm on, like, the second season, I'm trying to finish it before it gets taken off Netflix June 10th. Anyway... Jelani had an interesting story he told me about how he got started with karate and what it's done for his life and not only like you know being able to defend himself and not only has it helped him 
in a physical way, it's also helped to mentally be more mindful and things like that. So, and he, like I said, he had an interesting story for how he got started with it, and it's, I like talking to people on the show who are very passionate about what they do and very real about what they do, and I know this is a little different than a lot of my recent interviews, but I've always had a wide variety on the show, and I like to think that the fact that I connect with them all on a human level uh, sort of brings these different people from different walks of life together. Anyway, I'm not going to give too much more away about the conversation with Jelani. We also talked about the different kinds of martial arts, and he talked about how they differ, and also his experience teaching martial arts as well, and about mindfulness, which is something I've been very into for a while. I actually read the book, The Art of Communicating. The author's name is Thich Nhat Hanh. He's a Vietnamese monk, and he talks a lot about being present, being mindful, and if you're if you're feeling restless and you don't know what to do, a good thing to do is to just sit and kind of be with that restlessness. And also about deep listening and really listening to what the other person says and listening compassionately, which is something I try to do a lot as an interviewer. I know a lot of interviewers like to cut in and kind of push their own agenda with the show. I mean, I like to lead the interview, but I also like to I like to give the other person a space to talk to. So it's a it's a it's a it's a balance I've always been working with and I think I've approved a lot over the years with it. But anyway, here's my conversation with Mr. Jelani Williams and I hope you enjoy it. So I guess we can go into martial arts and that that's your main passion, right? Like how you got started with that and everything. Yeah. You told me oh, you a want bit of a story. Yeah. Oh, you want the ground up, like wh- how I yeah. got into it? Yeah, that's usually how I go okay. with it. Oh, all right. Well, I can't remember the exact year, but pretty much I think I was 18 at the time, and me and my friends, this was in the Bronx. So we, we finished watching some movie, and, you know, we were just walking, talking, and I was the one on my phone. And as we're walking, I see feels like these two guys – I guess they were, I don't know, just like teenagers too. I can't remember either. So we're just walking and they just said, hey, you know, what's the time? And before I even knew, apparently that's like a, a like a setup term, like to pull out your phone or any like valuable jewelry you got, I guess like a watch or something. So I pulled down my phone. I said, hey, the time is such and such. And we just kept, kept moving on. So like, I think two minutes later, they came back at me and asked the same question and I said oh I, I just told you it's you know such and such a clock and my friend pulled me to the side and said hey I think we're gonna get jumped and I said really so we decided you know to walk faster and before you knew it they started chasing us we started running and it was three of us by the way so uh, I think the youngest one of our friends was the one in back and they tackled him because he was just running too slow so they're on top of him they're beating him beating him up and I turned around because he yelled. He's like, help, help. And I see him on the floor. I'm like, oh, shit. And at that moment, I felt frozen. It was like, I really don't want that to happen to me. I hope, you know, I don't get hurt. I hope he doesn't get hurt either. But at that moment, I was just stuck. It was like my body was just 
rejecting to go forward and to just keep just run away and my other friend he went to go save him like he jumped on the other guy they got into a scuffle but me i just i hate to say it but i ran away and that really messed me up for a couple days you know there were times where i would just wake up and i'd be like i just feel like shit i would like punch my pillow and it was just really bad so at the time i was like you know what let me look up a self-defense class and luckily my brother was doing karate at the time so i decided you know it wouldn't hurt to take a class or two. And I went to the class. I I just fell in love with it. I love the whole discipline aspect to it where you're doing the push-ups. You know, you listen to your, um, your senpai, which is like an upper belt, a, a rank higher than you in the hunt. Well, at the time, my instructor's rank was uh, Kiyoshi. I believe that was, I believe he was in his ninth degree at the time. Currently, he's at his, he's the master belt now. So he's, his, uh, rank changed to Hanji, which is, I guess, master rank. They, they have different terms for different schools, but for now, we just call him Hanji. So I really fell in love with it. You know, the punches, the techniques that they did, and they had all colors. Like when I walked, when I first got into that class, I saw white belts, yellow belts, purple, brown, black, just everybody's just on a line in a straight line. You know, they, they would do their kata, which is like a pre-range fighting technique where, like, you see on those kung fu movies where they do, like, their forms. Like, it looks yeah. like a mix of punches and kicks. You know, stuff like that. They were just doing that, and I was just so fascinated. And there was just so many, you know, techniques I wanted to try. I'm like, oh, man, I really want to do this. So every time we had class, I would listen. I would just block out all distractions, and I would just – I just fell in love with it. And I've been with – I've been doing karate for about – uh, going on, well, this year, like this, wow, it's May now, so yeah, this would be going on nine years. Mm. And I got okay. my black belt, I believe, three years ago. Well, going on three years. So it's, it's been a fun journey. I've been in tournaments, uh, promotions where we actually like, you know, promote our class and, you use, we'd go into the park and just promote, and we have all this music, people, food, and it's 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 an it's an incredible journey, I must say. So that was was that uh was that like the first time you ever experienced anything like that? What the 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 incident that like motivated you to take up martial arts? Was that was that right. like in the, was that like in the area you grew you grew up, or was that like somewhere else, or what was? Oh no. It, um, in that it was in Co-op City, which is for me because I live near um, Parkchester, so that's like a half hour by train. So I would only go there for the the movie theater, the AMC. So yeah, I'm not trying to you know bad mouth the area. It's it's fine. It's just that you have to like everywhere you go, you always have to watch out who's watching you, who's you know what's going on. But yeah, I knew I knew the area well. Like my friends used to live over there so you know i would go over there watch some movies you know hang out you know typical high school stuff yeah and that, and that was but the first time like you experienced anything like that like, yeah, that was the first, to, yeah yeah that was the first time i've ever you know getting jumped you know somebody's actually trying to hurt you it's like you know it's like you think oh you just you know you have fun nothing's gonna happen to you you're you're 16 I think I was, no, 
I think I was 17, 18. Yeah, you know, you're a teenager. You think nothing's going to happen. You're not going to get hurt. But when it actually happens to you, it's like, oh, man, reality just hits you. And if you're not prepared for it, it really messes you up. Like I said, it like for weeks, I just felt paranoid. Like I'm looking over my shoulder. I'm, you know, I get frustrated because I didn't do, I didn't help out my friend. I didn't, you know, I felt weak at that moment. I really felt bad that I didn't help him out at the time. So, you know, that's what really motivated me. One, if this is ever, I never want that to happen where I feel um, like I feel powerless. I feel like, you know, no one can depend on me if something were to happen. And that's, that's, I believe at the time, that was the main reason why I wanted to take up martial arts. And another reason was because of revenge, basically. But that changed over time. Yeah, I remember oh, you telling me that. I remember you telling me that that it started as like an anger at the people who jumped you, and then as you started to study martial arts, it became more of a mind, almost sort of a mindfulness thing, and about it became more about uh, self development, I guess. And like, I mean, obviously, like learning how to defend yourself too. But like you, you said that the original reason was more like you were angry at the people who jumped you, but then as you started practicing and it became more than that it became something other than that i remember you saying something along those lines yeah 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 it it really did it was really a revenge thing is it like i said i felt violated i felt um angry scared i felt powerless and you know i guess that's a big reason why a lot of people do gravitate towards martial arts which is fine but that shouldn't really Want to, like I'm trying to choose my words carefully because this, it's kind of a, a touchy subject when you know you you feel violated. You want to you know protect yourself, but it's kind of weird saying that revenge isn't the answer, even though that's what you really want at that moment. But over time, that kind of it, well for me anyway, over time it it changed into this is really benefiting my life. I'm you know I'm getting in shape. Uh, my mindset has, is completely different from when I started versus where I am now. And a lot of that uh, discipline really helped out with that. You know, how to deal with your anger, how to deal with uh, how you perceive yourself. And it's funny because it's kind of ironic how you're literally learning how to kill someone. However, you're developing a mindset where you want to avoid conflict. You want to be at peace always, 24-7. You want to protect. Of course, you're going to protect, you know, your loved ones, yourself, what have you, if you want to help someone out, you know, stuff like that. Well, maybe it brings but, more confidence, like you're not as inclined to fight, get in a fight to prove, like, like you're tough or anything because yeah. you, know, you know you can defend yourself, so you don't have to prove anything. You just view it as okay, I can do this if I have to protect myself. And if, and yeah, if it's, it's the last it's option, re- yeah. Right, yeah. Just like you said, it's a last resort type of thing. Never want to use it just because, oh, yeah, I'm tough, I want to show off. That's never, you know, if you can avoid a fight, avoid it at all costs. Unless your back is against the wall, then you got to do what you got to do. But even then, keep it brief. You don't want to be there all night. You, know, you don't know who's around, who's watching. So you, you just want to be careful. Yeah, but like, like I guess I was, like if you walk off, like yeah, like if you walk into a bar and someone calls you a name, it's better just to like 
kind of laugh it off or whatever. Like that person's yeah, an idiot. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. Oh, by the way, uh, how's the language on the show? Because I want to. Oh, no, it's, violate it's, that. There's no. There's no censorship or anything. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. there's like a there's a thing that my instructor always says to me, and it's funny. He's like, as long as they don't clothe you, as long as they don't uh, pay your rent, uh, they're not you know they're not fucking you, you know stuff like that. You don't just leave it alone. It doesn't matter, you know. Just brush it off. Who cares? Live another day. Just be happy. There's no reason to hold on to hold on to anger. Be you know lash out at people. You know control yourself, your emotions. So, there's there's, no so there to, is like a connection with martial arts and mindfulness, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a mindset to it, and it's funny because during my black belt test, I actually had to uh, break a brick, which unfortunately I couldn't do it because it was so thick. But what I really thought about it, like after you know after a couple days after I took the test, it's like that bolt that. Um, uh, what do you call that? That's, uh, I guess you can call the, the not the board, the the rock thing. I lost lost my I guess train that, of thought. That wood block or whatever it is. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a, a slab. There we go. That's the word I was ta- I was uh, trying to find. But yeah, that slab kind of, I guess it kind of personifies like you know, internal conflict. Like oh, I don't feel, uh, I don't feel sure of myself. I feel very lowly of myself and very self-conscious and when you have when you can break that brick that slab or whatever it's like a it symbolizes you can break through that you're not you're no longer tethered to all your negative emotions whatever happened in your life it's now gone you've you've broken through that barrier and yeah it's like i said it's it's been a very interesting journey because it started from revenge and now i'm tranquil it's it's a very beautiful experience, to say the least. Especially when you have to, tr- especially when you have to teach. Because, uh, well, I guess before you know COVID and all that, I had, I was pretty much told that you have to, you have to teach. Like, there's no way you're getting your black belt. There's no way you're gonna stay in this class if you do not teach. And honestly, I hated the shit I'm doing. I, I, I hated. I just hated teaching children because it was annoying. You have kids that you know they yell, they don't want to listen, they want to go to the bathroom, they want to talk back to you, and for like a good two years, I'm not gonna lie about this. For two years, I was yelling and screaming at these kids. They they just didn't care. They they just kept doing what they wanted to do, and I was just getting frustrated. But over time, I got over it. it it's like you know, you just have to let things go. You don't, and it's 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 best not to control people either, especially children, because they're impressionable. Like, if you're yelling at them all the time, they're going to carry that on when they grow up. It's like, okay, this is how I deal with conflict. I just have to yell my way through this. And that's not, that's a negative way of learning how to cope with, you know, issues. It's like, you can't, I mean, there are times where you're going to argue, but, you know, when you're being uh, disrespectful, you're not really, um, you're not learning how, you're not learning how it is on the other side of the fence. Like, let's say, for example, I yell at a child. It's like, you know, okay, that's fine. You know, you can't do it properly. That's okay. That's fine. You know, we can, we can, um, we can work, we can find a workaround for, the, to get to the solution, so to speak. 
And, you know, looking back at all the mistakes I've made along the way, it's like, oh, man, I should not have done this. I shouldn't have yelled. I shouldn't have gotten angry. But that's life, though. It's You can't go back and change the past. And even if you could, you know, it, that kind of negates your progress anyway because you become a better person after you've made those mistakes. I've learned so many things, like how to deal with children, how to deal with negative emotions, um, being accountable, responsible, having a good work ethic, because this also bleeds into, you know, your professional life as well, because, you know, you have to show you have to show up on time. You have to do your uh, you have to do your duties. You have to make sure everything's in order. You know, you have to practice. You have to get those reports done. You have to uh, communicate. You have to, you know, sometimes if you get into an argument, you just, you know, work things out. You don't have to shout it out. But, you know, you say your piece, they say their piece, and you come to an agreement at the end. So, yeah. So you like to hear your stu- your students out, at least, or see where they're at, rather than just... Yeah. Ju- yeah. But and do kids act up a lot? Like, I guess, I'm guessing, like, there's more of that than any other group of people, like any older group of um, people. Yeah. Um, to say the least, you know, the kids... They're usually young, like around maybe seven to, I guess, 13. That's pretty much the majority of what we get. We do have, like, older students, like some parents that come in, they want to, you know, support their kids. But most of the time, we just have, like, small children to uh, early teens. So, you know, they obviously they're going to – kids are all over the place. They have a lot of energy, and it's it's somewhat difficult to you know get them in line to stand still and you know do the do the moves but like you said you have to hear the the kids out some kids are really good at listening some kids are you know all over the place they're really hyper and you have to you have to really know your students like okay i know this one is going to be really talkative and he's going to distract uh susie and jeff or whatever and you know that uh jonathan is a really quiet kid and he's not going to bother anybody and he listens. He's, and you also have to learn. You also have to learn which students. You have to learn your students' uh, learning style. Like some kids are auditory, where if you tell them something, they know exactly what to do. Some kids, they're physical. You have to show them, like you have to put your arm in a certain way to punch, you know, stuff like that. Others, where they just have to look at something and they learn how to do it by vision. So you just have to be mindful of that too. It's not. It's not just a lecture all the time. You have to change it up sometimes and it's kind of challenging especially when you have like a mix where you have auditory visual and physical all at once so you kind of you kind of have to adjust your teaching style to match theirs that way everybody can get something so it's another thing that i've learned that took a while because i because unfortunately i i used to think that oh these kids are just stupid they're not you know they don't that's not the case you know that's that's a really bad way of looking at things. You know, yeah. some. Oh, what were you gonna say? No, what you were saying something. Oh, no, I was gonna. Oh no, I was gonna say some kids. You know, some kids just learn a little slower than others. Some pick some pick up really fast. Some you know you need to say at least three, four, five times, and they'll get it at some point. You have to be mindful of that too. And how how does when teaching kids who are just starting and everything? How does their learning process compare to when you first started? Oh, uh, it from okay. That's 
Mm. Well, it's a little different because when I came into it, I was already an adult, 18. So it's a little different for kids. But from my point of view, when I started, I was really into it. Like I was really, you know, I'm ready to learn this. I'm ready to learn that. Some some new kids aren't like that because some <laughs> some parents just drop them off just just to babysit pretty much. And some some of them that do drop in like that eventually do enjoy it. And others, they just don't want to be there, which is fine. You know, it's a drop in, drop out basis anyway. So, you know, you get you really want to focus on the kids that want to learn because you kind of take it. Because if, you know, if I'm spending all my energy on somebody that doesn't want to learn anything, that's taking away from the kids that want to learn something. So sad to say, it, but, you know, I kind of, you know, I, I, I show them a little bit, the ones that don't want to learn anything. I'm like, all right, you know, do this, do that. If you don't want to do it, fine. But I give most of my attention to the kids that want to learn because, you know, they want to be there. They want to learn. They're enjoying it. May as well give them what they want. And do people join? Do you, have you found that people uh, want to learn karate for similar reasons? Like like maybe they've had experience, had an experience like you had or just wanting to what, – what are the main reasons people get into it? It's mixed. I mean, I don't, we don't really have we don't really have a pattern. It's well, actually, we kind of do, especially with the small children. It's like, oh uh, well, we just need to get them out of the house. <laughs> but um, not not really. There's no real set pattern. I mean, you do have kids that get bullied in school. You do have kids that you know seen kung fu movies or you know action shows and what. Hey, hey, I want to learn how to do this and that. I want to learn how to punch and kick. Others are just, you know, really shy and their parents think, oh, maybe they can get a confidence boost by taking this karate class. So it's it's a mixed bag, I would say. And how does karate differ from other schools of martial arts? Well, you have different different styles, like, for example, boxing. That's mainly punches, you know, footwork, taekwondo. They primarily focus on kicking. Um, you know, you have grappling styles like judo, jujitsu, what have you. You know, it, it, for karate, at least my style, you know, we we kind of mix it. It's somewhat of a mixed martial arts, but it's still rooted in tradition, where we still do the forms like the katas with a little modern. So we kind of mix it with a modern style with traditional. So we we still do like uh, grapples, punches, kicks. Um, Self-defense, we do, yeah, kata, self-defense, sparring, and, yeah, just just the basic, you know, blocking system, punching, kicking. You know, we want to have, because we want to have a good foundation. Like, we, because when you don't really have a foundation, it's kind of all over the place and it's kind of messy. And not to knock any martial art because there's really no ultimate art, so to speak. I mean, it all depends on the person. Me, I... Me personally, I like using, you know, my hands, legs, you know, punching, kicking. I don't want to primarily just focus on one because you always have to adjust based on your environment. If you're in a closed space, you can't kick. So you're going to have to, you know, use closed quarters stuff like punching, kicking, punch, kicking. You have, to, <laughs> you have to, you know, use your hands more. Maybe use your head, you know, whatever, elbows, something, you know. If you have a lot of space and you're not really, you know, find a lot of people, use your legs. So it all depends on your environment. But as far as how it differs from other martial arts, I mean, 
karate is traditional. You know, you have your punches and you have your kicks, you have your katas. Um, it's, I wouldn't, I mean, it's unique. You know, you, you also have like conditioning your body where you punch a makiwara board, which is basically this, um, it's like a thick, uh, it's like a thick board that you punch at to develop your hands. Uh, some traditional people do do that. Uh, we also have like, um, cool. Uh, I guess, well, I guess everyone uses punches, punching bags. So, you know, it's, it's unique. It's, it's got its, uh, like every martial art, it has its strengths and it has its weaknesses. So, yeah. And do you do a lot of competing or mainly just teaching? Yeah, we, I have gone to usually like every, um, uh, usually every, like the beginning of the year, like every January, if not late into, I think October, we usually go to tournaments. So I've been to at least seven, maybe eight, about seven or eight tournaments. And it's, it's a, at, when I first, when I first went to my first tournament, it's really nerve wracking because you don't know what's going to happen. You're basically there to fight somebody. So it's, you know, you're really nervous. And I did pretty well. I mean, my first, my first go, I got, uh, third place for Kata and second, no. I think it was th- third place. Yeah, third place Kata and second place sparring. Yeah. And it's funny, it, it's kind of like a running joke in my dojo because I've never gotten first place yet. I've gotten close by getting second place, but I never got first yet. So I always, you know, second place, third place, fourth, have a medal here and there. It's it's a, it's a fun experience to go to like a, a competition because you see all these different people from different schools coming together to not only share, you know, you, you still want to compete and everything, but you kind of like share ideas like, oh, well, in my style, we do this and that. And your style, you know, oh, that's pretty cool. I, I like the way that you do this and that. It's really cool. I, I like it. And plus, it it also, you know, it puts things into perspective. Like, well, my, my instructor usually says, you don't want to be a club fighter where you always go to the same spot. You think you're the best. You think you're the best person there. But if you go somewhere else, someone might kick your ass. So, you know, it kind of puts you in check. It's like, okay, if I go to a tournament, you know, how would I fare against somebody that I don't know? Someone I don't see every every time I go to class. And you see where your strength and weaknesses lie. And usually the reason why I would lose, like one pattern that I've noticed when I go to tournaments is that I'm very stiff with my footwork, which I have, which I've been working on. Like I'm like when I usually kick, like say I, I throw a roundhouse or a sidekick, it kind of, it, it just looks awkward. Like I'm locked up in place and from the outside looking in, it looks like I'm just not really moving at all. And if you're, if you're somebody that, you know, picks up on that, you can easily just step to my side, like, uh, out of my field of vision, like, I guess out of, uh, yeah, like, if you step to my side, you can just hit me anywhere and you get a point off of it. And, you know, I, as hard as it is, I have to look at, you know, videos of my, um, competitions and seeing why I lost. Like, okay, when I kicked, my foot locked up. My hands were down, and that's why I got hit in the head, or I got hit in the, uh, the side or the stomach, and that's why I lost that fight. 
So it's it's a really good. I would say if given the chance that you have the have the chance to go to a tournament, definitely go. You know, you want to see how you would fare against another uh, individual, another style, or whatever. It's always a, it's a good mark for your progress, basically. So and and like, uh, where's there to go? Like after, is there always is there how many more like, uh, like is there other le- there's like other levels after black belt? Like you get a stripe on, how how does that work? Like after you get a black belt, where do you go from there? Yeah, this is very hmm. uh, well. The only reason why I say that is because. Different schools have their own ranks. So for my school, it's white, yellow, green, purple, brown, white. Well, brown with a white stripe, brown with a black stripe, and then black. And then we get into stripes. Other schools is like you have orange and all that stuff, and it gets complicated. But basically, um, each school has their own ranking system. But usually white is the, the first belt. So when you get to black, you know, you're going to get stripes like first stripe, like first dawn, which means like first degree. Then you get second degree, third degree, and so on. That's usually how it goes. Some people do it differently, but that's the main thing. You get your first black belt, and then uh, after you train a couple years or so or whatever your instructor feels that you're ready, you get your second, you get your first degree, and then you go up to the last rank, which is 10th. But getting your last rank takes years and years. So it's not like you could just get it right away unless you're paying for it. But if you have to pay for it, you haven't learned anything. You, know, you gotta earn your. You have to earn your stripes. You have to, you know, you have to learn the. You have to learn kata. You have to teach. You have to, you know, you have to live that life of a martial artist. So do you do you plan to learn other forms that you haven't learned yet too? I have, I have. Well, not to black, but I have. Uh, learn different styles like I've back in college I used to do because they had a club uh, a jiu-jitsu club which also had a ninjutsu which is pretty cool I learned a lot of good uh, self-defense techniques like if somebody were to grab you you could do this and that to get out of it and also rollouts let's say somebody pushes you or you trip instead of the you know the pratfall that people do like you just fall and hit your face on the floor like there's a way that you kind of it's pretty much like rolling like a ball. That way it, it eliminates the, well, I guess it lessens the chance of you hurting yourself really badly. Because a bad fall can really break something. So you want to avoid that in case you trip or whatever happens. If you get thrown, like you know how to fall. Stuff like that. That's a really good, that's a really good thing to learn. Like, you know, just to learn how to roll and stuff. That way you don't hurt yourself. I've also, uh, taken, I've also taken a um, Shaolin Kung Fu class, which is pretty cool. It's intense. Like, their stretches are really out there. Where you're doing, like, splits and the front split. you got to do all this stuff, and it's just... It'll leave you sore for months. That's all I can say. But, yeah, definitely explore different martial arts, because you don't want to stay with the same thing. I mean, you still want to branch out. You want to, you know, be well-rounded. But at least have a foundation. Like, stick with what you... I guess, you know, experiment. See what you like. If you like, you know, using your hands, go with boxing. If you like doing grappling, try out judo, uh, Brazilian Brazilian jiu-jitsu, regular jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu, uh, judo. Uh, if you want to, you know, just for, for uh, like to keep in shape, but you don't really want to fight or anything, 
you could do Shaolin, you could do, um, I think, Wushu, and also Tai Chi. That's also good for, like, blood flow and, you know, just just overall fitness. Like, it, it, Not all martial arts can be used for, can be... Yeah, not all martial arts you can use for just fighting. Like, you could also do it just for, you know, exercise. A lot of people do that, too. Like, they'll just learn the style, but they don't really want to fight, which is fine. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess there's, like, different... But yeah, that's so, as so far I guess, as... I guess, so would there be times that martial arts, like, wouldn't be effective, like, in a real confrontation? Like, I guess because you have to, in real life, like, maybe things don't always... Enter like a real fight, like yeah. maybe things don't always play out the way you planned, and maybe sometimes you had to improvise outside of what you normally do. Like, ha- like how would it work in most scenarios, or like do you think there's scenarios it wouldn't work? Or well, like I said, it depends on what style you know. Like, let's say you know you you're primarily doing like a boxing. Let's okay. Let's say you, for example, I'm not saying that's bad or anything. Like, let's, you know, know the limitations of your martial art, by the way. Like, if you're doing boxing, you know, stay close so that way nobody can kick you. But you also have to be careful because if you're close up, you know, they can touch you. You can touch them. Uh, If you're doing, like, something like kicking, like capoeira or um, taekwondo, fight at a distance. That way that at least you can, you know, keep them off you. But if you're in, like, a closed space, you can't really kick. So that's number one. Like, know know the limitations of the martial art or yourself. Like, I know I can't hit him if he's that far away. Like, know where, like, know your distance, pretty much. And, you know, life happens. You may have to, in those cases where you do have to defend yourself, not all, not all fights are going to be pretty. Not all fights are going to be scripted. You never know what's going to happen. You always want to, if you can run away, run away. You know, try to be safe. But if you're caught, like, caught up, like, do, you don't have to be flashy either. You can bite, scratch, um, you know, kick to the groin, like fight, literally fight dirty, fight for your life. You know, get them off you. Do whatever you can. Grab your keys. Do what you got to do. Yeah. Get off. Get, get them off. Like you. If, it, if it really gets serious, I guess. Like if you really have to. Yeah. It's the, yeah. 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 There's no. There's no fair fight. If it's on the street, fuck it. Kill him if you. Okay, well, okay. Let me. Let me. Let me. Before I go there. Before I go there. If you have to resort to actually doing that, act like if somebody's coming at you with a knife or they, sh- uh, you know, they, you know, they're cutting you up and stuff, or they shot you. Okay, that's fair game because you also have to think about afterwards. Like, let's say you know you break somebody's arm and they, for whatever reason, you get arrested. Oh, because you know a martial art, that kind of counts as you having a weapon because you, you're trained in breaking somebody's arm, killing, you know, etc. So you also have to be mindful of that. Oh yeah! Don't you have to do register it. your hands as lethal weapons if you get to a certain place? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, you do have to do that at a certain point. For me, I don't really know all those like extreme techniques where you do like one move and they like break their neck and all that shit. I mean, do what's necessary. Like if somebody's pushing you around or just you know, like punch slaps you in the face. You can do the same thing back. You're not going to break their finger, break their, you know, you don't want to maim anybody. Like if they're coming at you with a knife, like self, like self-defense, like, like pretty much like st- uh, stand your ground. Like it has to be within reason. If not, you know, you could, you could face jail time. You could, you know, something could happen to you legally if you like hurt somebody and it wasn't justified. 
So you have to think about that yeah. too. So bo- avoiding the fights always the better. Yeah, it's always yeah. it's always best. If you can't avoid it, really think about what the situation is. Like if the person's just cursing you out and they punch you, they punch you or push you, you know, do the same thing back, punch, kick them, do what you got to do to get them off you. Now, if weapons are involved, and this is kind of this kind of dodgy, I, and you can't quote me on this. It depends. Like if you get cut up, definitely do what you got to do. You can break arm, you know, stuff like that. And if you get shot in there coming after you and if you really have to you know do what you got to do but it really depends on the situation first of all yeah and i and i guess that's uh i guess 99 percent of the time it wouldn't have to come to that yeah most of the time it's like oh fuck you uh push you or something you know nothing no big deal you can walk away from that yeah, and I, I thought it was interesting you you said boxing is a form of martial arts because I always thought those were separate things like martial arts and box. But you, you're saying is boxing is considered a form of martial arts? Or? Yeah, it should be because you know it's a it's a form of self defense. It's a sport. You know, you see it on TV like UFC. So yeah. I I I personally would think it's a martial art. Yeah, but I, but I guess people do most people usually like look at it as as separate or is it generally like considered yeah i mean a lot of people well i I guess a lot of people do kind of um they kind of see martial art as something where it's like you're doing like kung fu or like you know those really high kicks and all that flashy stuff you see on action movies but you know i guess yeah martial arts you know like you um mixed martial arts you know it's all the same thing really self-defense so is there things you're still trying to learn and improve as far as this goes oh there's there's no end to learning when it comes to martial arts there's there's never really an end because there's always constant excuse me there's always constant learning like for me even though i'm a black belt none of my none of what i do is perfect there's no way i'm ever going to be there's no way anyone's going to be perfect there's always room there's always room for improvement there's always room for learning and, you know, there's all these different styles. So there's, even if I quote unquote learn everything I can possibly learn in karate, well, I'm not proficient in any other uh, martial art because I don't know anything about it. So, yeah, there's, there's always, there's like way more than a lifetime worth of things to do and learn in martial art, depending on what you do. So there's really no end. But for me personally, I still have to work on kicking straight up like like being really flexible i'm getting close with that like kicking head level uh doing certain kata uh correctly uh getting not being so stiff with my movements like just being fluid being you know relaxed like i'm very like tight is what my instructor usually says so there's this there's, there's a lot of things i can learn and do and still improving with my teaching as well because that's also not perfect yeah and you and you were saying like you like uh you could be a black belt in like one school of martial arts but then you, you still have to go through the ranks to learn another form or how, how does it work or do they still consider like what you learned in the other one it okay i know what you mean it depends but most of the time you usually have to start from ground up they're not just going to give you they're not going to just be like, hey, oh, you're, you're a black belt in that? Oh, yeah, definitely jump in. No, no. 
a lot of, like I said, a lot of different schools do it their way, and you, and in, in some cases you do have to unlearn what you've learned previously in order to adapt to the style that you're att- attempting to learn. But there are times where, let's say, you have like a, a sister or a relative um, school where where the instructors are similar, like they teach similarly. In those cases, and I've, it's happened before in my in my um, my class as well, where a certain like a a certain rank transitions over to a new dojo, and they keep their rank because they because the instructors know each other, they know their styles, and it's like okay, you're equivalent to this rank in my school. So those are special cases, but that's that's very rare. That's like probably one in ten, maybe even less. But in most cases, when you if you're proficient in one martial art and you jump to another one, you got to start from level one. Yeah, and I, and I guess maybe there's a benefit to just mastering one because then I guess if you learn all different forms, then you, you don't have as much of like a method. You'd be switching it. You'd be like switching between different methods maybe. That's, that's just a thought yeah. I had. Yeah. Yeah, you always want to have a foundation. It's like you got to – it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you think of elementary school. You can't really be proficient in eighth grade if you don't if you haven't gone through one through seven. So you wanna you know have a good foundation. Yeah, have a good foundation, and you know after you learn what you've learned, at least you can, at least you have a base knowledge of how things work. And usually when you have like a base knowledge, usually you can you can notice patterns in certain martial arts that some things work a certain way, like kicks. Like oh, you just have to chamber it this way, and this is how you do it. Like if you punch a certain way. Or if a, uh, a grappling techniques work works like this and that, you know, you just want to get the bare basics. You always want to have that foundation because without a foundation, you can't really do all that flashy stuff anyway. So, learning the basics is key. And jumping around doesn't really benefit you that much because it's you know you you jump from this and you don't really have a foundation. So you want to have a good foundation before you start to jump around, but at the same time, you also want to find out what martial art works for you. That's also one thing to consider. And I guess, where do you want to go in the future with this? I've thought about that. Uh, one thing I did think about, like when I retire, I would, like, you know, when I'm done with working and stuff, I would open up my own school. And by then, I would, you know, I'd have a really good. Uh, tighten it, you know, idea of how martial, how my interpretation of martial art would be to actually teach a, an official school. Uh, but for now, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with where I am now, where I'm, I'm still teaching, well, soon to be teaching once, you know, all this stuff is taken care of. Going back to teaching, doing more, um, uh, competitions. I'm still training at home, so that's that's one thing. I'm still working on my flexibility. So there's a lot of things I, I still have to take care of before I even get to those big goals like that. So, yeah, I just want to take care of all the things now, and then, okay, if I want to do this and that, at least I have, you know, a good, a good standing. Yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, and I guess you, you talked a bit... Is there anything else you could say, like, as far as, like, what you were saying about mindfulness and, like, how that helped you and how that ties in? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So with that, like mindfulness, um, I guess I can start from the beginning. So, yeah, like I said, with with how I how I started when I, when I just felt like I wanted revenge, I was so angry, and over time that kind of dissipated because it's like, you know, you know, it's the past. You can't really change it. You can't stay mad forever. Okay, it's happened. Look at look at where you are now. You're learning and and at the same time you're learning how to really uh, manage those negative feelings, those negative emotions, and really channeling it. And I know a lot of people do have you know anger issues or negative feelings like that, and they come into martial arts and you know it it really it does help because you learn how to manage that through discipline, through hard work, through training. It's it's kind of hard to explain because it's like it's something that doesn't you don't really notice it happening, but it's like when you really think back on it, it's like okay, this really changed my life in a positive way. Like a lot of issues that I had to deal with were were taken were healed or taken care of in a positive way, rather than me just being angry for weeks on end, punching my pillow, you know, stuff like that is not really a good way to vent out that frustration you know actually doing something actually giving back actually you know uh, teaching helping out the dojo you know stuff like that it's being mindful of how how you present yourself that's that's one that's one thing i've learned that's really benefited me and also being sure of yourself like being confident because there are because there are times where you have to perform in front of people and of course like if you're not if you're not used to performing for the crowds, you're gonna have to, you know just bit bit by bit. You know, one day you're not as great, but the next day if you just keep going at it, you get a lot better at it. Nothing really comes overnight, but you still want to work at something that way. You know, at the you know you're gonna see progress after a while. Just keep just keep at it. And any final thoughts or things you'd like to say? Any final thoughts? I mean, if you're someone that wants to get into martial arts, definitely try it out. Uh, see what works for you. Like, what kind of person are you? Do you want to learn how to grapple? Do you want to learn how to, you know, use your legs, kick? Do you want to get flexible? Or you just don't want to fight at all, but you want to be in shape? You know, stuff like that. Just really, I guess, do your research and really know who you are. That way, when you get into it, you're not wasting time. Like, oh, I guess I don't like this style. I guess I'll try this other one. So, yeah, stuff like that. Um, if you want it for the discipline or if you just want to, um, you know, like I said, get in shape or just want to try it out, just, you know, see what you see if you like it. Try it out. never really hurts to not do it. So. And I guess it's never too late to... Start, oh no, it's right? never. Yeah. Oh, it's never too late. Like you'll have. Sometimes you've had elderly people come in, and they've benefited a lot. And actually, it's funny because um, I think it was like two, three years ago. I actually had one student who had Crohn's disease, and you know he had like really inflamed like joints and everything. He was like he was in really bad shape. Like every couple of days, he would get sick, to the point where it's like you know he'd be in bed for like a whole week straight. He'll be fine for another couple of days and then just straight back into the bed. So whenever he was good, you know, like when he came to class or sometimes I even home taught him. Like I went to his house and there was like a park right next to his house. And we would just train for like 
maybe an hour, like every couple days, and he saw progress. So don't think that, oh, I'm sickly or I'm too elderly. Like, no, it's not too late. Definitely. But you don't want to overwork yourself either. Like, know your limits too. Like, you don't want to, you don't want to get into something and, you know, just burn yourself out. Just do as much as you can. But definitely get, there's, it has no age limit. It has no, you know, uh, yeah, there's no limits. Just definitely try it out. You'll like it. All right, cool. Yeah, well, uh, thanks for coming on and talking about no, it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for listening to BSing with Sean K on Radio Free Brooklyn. That was my conversation with my friend Jelani Williams about martial arts and mindfulness. And I liked what he said about using violence as a last option even if you're skilled in martial arts and know how to defend yourself it's better to know how to avoid those situations and Thich Nhat Hanh who I mentioned earlier who wrote that book The Art of Communicating he has this interesting video on YouTube where he answers a question for someone uh, what do we do when someone attacks us physically and he talks about the Buddha and I mean the original Buddha Siddhartha Gatma the Buddha who was uh, he was from India actually I know a lot of people think of the heavy set Buddha which was actually somebody who came later that wasn't the original Buddha but the original Buddha wouldn't knew uh, was skilled in martial arts and in that video he talked about while the Buddha was skilled in martial arts he would use his intellect and compassion to diffuse violent situations rather than fight uh, I think it, it, def I definitely recommend looking that video up it's called what do we do if somebody attacks us physically and if you type in uh, Thich Nhat Han, uh, you should it should come up too that's uh, T-H-I-C-H-N-H-A-T-H-A-N-H okay before we wrap up I have some important announcements to make regarding Radio Free Brooklyn. If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android. It's available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Now I'm going to talk about the Radio Free Brooklyn newsletter. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming Radio Free Brooklyn events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. Lastly, I'm going to talk about COVID-19 and our fundraising for the current pandemic. Friends. COVID-19 is disrupting everyone's lives right now, and Radio Free Brooklyn is no exception. We want you to know that we have made every effort to ensure the health and well-being of our hosts, staff, and the community at large. We've closed both our studios and canceled live events. Both our hosts, but our hosts are still doing their best to continue bringing new original programming by broadcasting live and pre-recording from their home studios or by selecting the best rebroadcasts 
of their past shows. With most of our revenue streams evaporated, we need your help. We realize you might be hurting too, but if you can afford a small donation, it would go a long way toward helping us stay on the air. There are three ways you can help. First, you can give a one-time or monthly donation by going to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org donate. There you can find some great t-shirts, mugs, and other swag that we'd like to send you to say thanks. Finally, if you shop on Amazon, you can go to Amazon.com smile and register Radio Free Brooklyn as the nonprofit you wish to support. When you do, a percentage of your sales will go to RFB, Radio Free Brooklyn, and it will cost you nothing. No donation is too big or too small. Whatever you can afford will make a huge difference. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts and wish all our listeners health and happiness as we weather this storm together. Thank you so much for listening to BSing with Sean K on Radio Free Brooklyn. Your support keeps this station oh this your support keeps this station going. You can listen to me every Monday, 1 a.m. to 2 a.m., which is technically like late Sunday nights, but it's Monday, Monday morning. And I'm also on Spotify, iTunes, and also RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. You can find past episodes or on my website, SeanNeese.com. And that's about it for today's episode. I'll catch you on the next one. Who? BSing with. What? BSing with Sean.